welcome to the Zen Tiki Lounge podcast, the Tiki Bar that lives in your head. I'm Sunshine Tiki. I'm here in the lounge solo. I don't have any of the ladies of the lounge with me this week. They are off working and doing those things that the ladies tend to do when they can't make it here in the lounge. But I wanted, I wanted to do an episode anyway. It will be, well, we'll have a little more music than we tend to when I have the ladies with me, and that's because we have the time for it, a little less chit-chat. And uh, the music you hear just in the background here in the dimly lit Zantiki Lounge right now is, uh, it, it's some classic exotica, but also some bachelor pad, uh, I would say space age bachelor pad. And it is, uh, it came from a party we did at one of the Palm Springs events called Moon Zodica. We wanted to kind of do a 60s moon landing theme with some great space age bachelor pad. And I found some even more modern electronic versions of some classic uh, Les Baxter and Esquivel and things like that. And uh, so that's some of what you're hearing now. But also in this episode, I am going to play for you tracks from a new album by Jill Martini and the Shrunken Heads. The album is called The Natives Are Restless. And this is an eight or nine track album that uh, Jill and the crew have just released. They played at Circa Caliente this past October. And I unfortunately missed it. They played on Sunday and I had to head out just before they took the main stage. But from what I understand, the folks that were there really did enjoy hearing Jill and the Shrunken Heads. And I've had the opportunity to hear Jill uh, and her husband play before, but uh, I have not heard these songs live. So she sent us the album, and we're going to have the opportunity to play some of the songs for you here on the podcast. I think you're going to enjoy them. Just imagine a great lounge act and, uh, you know, also nice-looking people to look at, right? You know, that's good with a lounge act as well. And it's great... For your tiki bar, it's great for relaxing in your house or by the pool. I think uh, you'll enjoy it, and we'll play some of that a little bit later. But, oh, I forgot to talk about the cocktail. That's it in the glass right there. So in the lounge, we always have a cocktail, and we like to give you a recipe so that you can make one at home. And this particular drink is one that we have had here on the podcast before, but it was only briefly mentioned previously, and it's called Island Fruitcake. And it's, an, it's, a, it's a rocks drink, or you can serve it up, and it is spirit-forward. It is essentially all spirit. And it consists of Sunshine's Very Spicy Rum or another spice rum, if it's over-the-counter, that's heavy on cinnamon and clove because you really want the spice. Uh, it's got pear liqueur. It's got Grand Marnier, and it has Campari. And when you combine those things, especially in the uh, amounts that I've listed, SendTikiLounge.com, click on Cocktails, and you'll see the recipe there for Island Fruitcake. Uh, it, it, uh, it tastes like a fruitcake, but unlike a heavy, dense fruitcake that we all make fun of because we just re-gift it to other people or use it for a doorstop, this one is alcohol, and it tastes nice, and I think you'll enjoy it, especially if you like a spirit-forward cocktail. So the recipe itself 
calls for just under four ounces of liquor. But the Campari and the Grand Marnier and the Pear Liqueur, um, depending on which versions of them you use, those are sweetened liqueurs, and so they balance the spice rum and this this thing just shaken or stirred and then strained into a nice fancy glass uh, and garnished with some dried colorful fruits, for example, just like a fruitcake. It, it, it's pulled off really nicely and it's super smooth and drinkable despite that it has no mixer in it. So I, I would like you to try Island Fruitcake at your leisure. The recipe is there, but of course we have plenty of other cocktail recipes for you to take a look at if that one doesn't float your boat. All right, so we are going to do, I'll do a little bit of listener mail. I have a couple of uh, questions from people that I will address here in just a second when I get the mail sack out. And then we're going to play for you uh, a couple of tracks from the album The Natives Are Restless by Jill Martini and The Shrunken Heads. I'll be right back. Tiki Mail. Mm. That sack is sacky. It's very sacky. Let's see what's in here. All right, a couple of things, and I'm just going to get right to it. So thank you for sending in your correspondence. This first one comes from Kevin. Kevin says, Aloha, sunshine. On a recent show, you talked about ordering tiki drinks at Vegas bars and how hard that can be. I have found that most places can make a decent Mai Tai, but it doesn't hurt to show a recipe to a bartender. You are definitely right about charging more because they use several kinds of alcohol and they ring up each one. I had a $26 Mai Tai at the Venetian that was good, but not worth that price. Just wanted to share. Thanks for the show, Kevin. All right, so... Just to remind everybody where we're, what we're talking about here, most bars in Vegas and most bars in the world outside of a tiki bar cannot make a Mai Tai. They don't have the ingredients. They're, for one, unlikely to have orger, orgeat, almond liqueur, whatever you want to call it, or almond syrup. So, And you need that in a Mai Tai. So it's going to be hard to do it if they don't have that. Also... Uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to find fresh squeezed lime juice at a bar. They'll have sweetened lime juice. They might have limes for garnish, but they might not even have lime juice in a bottle just there because it should be a standard mixer in a bar, but they don't have it and they can't use that. And if you don't have lime juice and almond you're just shit out of luck. Now, if you do find a bar that have those things, they can probably do it for you, and you can show them a recipe, and they'll make you something close to a Mai Tai. Another thing that uh, bars tend to do is they'll put Di Serrano in what they call a Mai Tai, because it's almondy, but it's just not the same. It, it, it just isn't. So the $26, though, for uh, something adjacent to a Mai Tai at the Venetian, I'm not surprised about the price at that place at all. Um, like Just like the Wynn, they, they, they charge top shelf, top dollar for their cocktails, especially at the bars. And a fair number of their bars, even when they have video poker, no longer comp drinks. What terrible world is this that we're living in? I You know, it's terrible. Okay, so um, yeah, I, 
you can order a Mai Tai, but you just won't find one at a lot of places in Vegas. Specifically, I'll say go to Rum Bar at the Venetian, go to Frankie's Tiki Room, go to the Golden Tiki, and try Starboard Tack off the strip, but they make Polynesian drinks in a nautical atmosphere. Uh, the other email comes from Tiki Forever, so I don't know his or her name. Hiya, sunshine and ladies. I have a very simple question. Is it worth it to make your own hot buttered rum or just buy it? I really do like that kind that comes in the jar. Never had any complaints. Uh, well, absolutely, I think you should make your own. You should make your own simply from the proposition of how much it costs. So that little jar, for example, of like the Tom and Jerry batter or hot buttered rum batter made by, let's say the Trader Vic's version, I believe you get um, six or eight ounces, essentially one cup of hot buttered rum batter in that jar. And you need a good ounce of it per hot buttered rum that you're going to serve. So you only get six to eight drinks out of that. And sometimes that little jar costs you as much as $10. Now, you still have to put the rum in there. So there's another cost there. So also, I find that those are not spicy enough. They're very mild. And in the day when you can still order, you could still order a good hot buttered rum at a restaurant, they were far more flavorful than what you're getting out of that jarred, batter. So my recommendation is to make your own and and guess what? The ingredients are butter and spices and powdered sugar. And generally, everyone's going to have some butter at home, you're going to have some powdered sugar, and you're going to have some of the spices such as cinnamon, clove, allspice, cardamom if you like it. Uh those holiday spices. And you're going to want them Of course, you're going to want the uh, powdered versions. You're not going to want whole spice for these because you're mixing it in with the butter and the confectioner's sugar or powdered sugar, and you're creating, you know, like a um, a, a paste Uh, or the same as you do when you uh, when you mix ingredients separately when you're baking. You cream the butter with the sugar. And you'll add some of the spices and some of the other ingredients before you add it to the mixture that's got like the eggs and the water and all that stuff. So, uh, yes, I think you should uh, you should make it. And then also you get to control. You get to control your um, spices and you can up the spices, of course, because you're making it yourself. And that's where I think it really is great to do. So guess what? Go to zentikilounge.com and you can look for better buttered rum. And I have a recipe for the butter batter. And uh, it's allspice. I put ginger in there, but list it as optional. But I say it's a wonderful addition. I do cardamom, cinnamon, allspice, ginger, and of course, uh, butter and sugar. I suppose I'm supposed to say that you keep it for up to a month in your refrigerator. Um, I have frozen this shit and brought it back out the next Christmas. And uh, not only did it not spoil because it was frozen, uh, but it was perfectly good. Another trick for hot buttered rum is don't just use hot water and rum when you're serving it. Consider making it with a tea like an Earl Grey or something like that to add additional herbal notes to the hot buttered rum. Okay, that's all I'm going to 
That's all I'm gonna say about that. So yes, you should make your own uh, and you can make a whole lot of it less expensive than the number of jars you would have to buy to serve the same amount uh, if you buy the, the, the stuff at the store. Now, if you wanna send us correspondence, and I wish you would, send that to mail at zentikilounge.com. I will read your email. And the ones that I answer here on the podcast are generally the ones that ask a question that I think all the other listeners would like to hear. I do get other email that uh, I'll just answer offline and that's because it's private, personal, or the the person who sent the email has asked that it not be on the podcast and I will certainly respect that. So mail at zentikilounge.com. Okay, now, before we come back from this little break, I'm going to play for you the first, the first of the songs from Jill Martini, The Shark and Heads, the album The Natives Are Restless. I am going to play for you now Drink to Hawaii. I've been thirsting for an island vacation, but I can't afford the airline reservation, so I'll use my imagination to make the trip come true. I'll take a sip or two of tropical libation. I'll take a chi-chi to Waikiki and a zombie to To Kapalua, there's 
the daiquiri, I'll sail a navy grog to Pearl City. I'll take a lychee martini, cause I'm Joe Martini Wahini. Oh yes, I guess I'll have a drink to Hawaii and taste paradise on my lips. Oh well, let's all drink to Hawaii since we can't afford the trips. How about that? All right, so I will tell you that I played that track first because it is my favorite on the album. It's also the last track on the album. And I, you know, uh, artists, of course, can choose. They can pick and choose of all of the tracks they have on an album. You know, is it first? Is it middle? Is it last? And I find that a lot of times you tend to put, and of course, this is just my opinion, you tend to put your hottest single or your uh, what you think might be the most popular track on an album, you put it towards the front. I happen to like that this one is at the rear uh, because uh, not only do I enjoy the entire album, but then you end it with Drink to Hawaii and it's just such a great lounge song. I mean, when, when I go to a lounge, whether it be with the ladies, we go check out a new tiki bar, and we have the opportunity to enjoy live music, especially when it's a live band. I like a great, you know, duo, trio, quartet, small group that really is just the right size volume for the room. And if you can imagine a small group like Jill Martini, The Shrunken Heads, playing a venue that seats, uh, you know, up to a hundred people, a couple dozen people. And of course you are sipping on one of the great cocktails that this venue is going to serve and hopefully some snacks too, because I'm a big believer in snacks. I think you would really, really enjoy hearing them live. I I am going to play a couple more tracks because I want to expose you to more of the album. But I wanted to talk about uh, another thing or two before I play a little bit more music. Uh, And, uh, well, okay, before I do that, I'll just let you know that, of course, you can go to jillmartini.com. And the music is available on CD Baby. Oh, and I I suppose I should tell a little bit of a story about um, how difficult it was to actually play this music on the show. So Jill sent the CD, which, again, always appreciate when the artists do that. But as time has gone on with this podcast, um, you know, artists send us CDs, but it's been a while since uh, we had a physical CD versus an electronic uh, downloader. Sometimes artists will send us the MP3, which is really helpful. And and it really didn't occur to me that this is going to be a challenge, but my new laptop does not have a place to stick it in, if you know what I mean. And my husband's laptop also does not have a place to stick it in. And he also has two computers upstairs. And again, no place to stick it in. But thank goodness there's one external drive left in the house where we were able to take the CD and uh, make it go digital so that we could play it for you here on the podcast. Now, maybe you also are living, maybe in your tiki bar, you have no place to stick it in. 
And that does not have to be a tragedy because if you go to jillmartini.com and click on the link for the music or you go to CD, CD Baby where she's hosted, you can get electronic versions of the music right there and just pay for it that way. And then you don't have to worry about having a physical CD or not. And if you're somebody who still wants the physical CD, well, that is available too. So you're, you're covered either way. I, I do I do like CD Baby because, uh, well, tracks are less expensive than iTunes for one. My understanding is the artist gets more of the actual proceeds from the purchase, which also I appreciate because iTunes and some of the other platforms take a giant chunk. And uh, well, and of course, digital downloads are just convenient. So, uh, well, I I wanted to tell that little story. And then I also, uh, I want to uh, briefly mention that there are just so many tiki marketplaces happening around the areas this holiday season and all year long, of course, and all over the country, really. But if you're in the Los Angeles area, for the love of God, I mean, you have upwards of five to seven more of these marketplaces coming at you before the holidays for your your Christmas shopping and, and all that good stuff. So the one that I think I want to mention because I've been to it most recently and I find that it, um, well, it's, it's just a, it's just a really good one, uh, is the marketplace that happens here in Santa Ana. And, uh, it's moved a couple times, but it's the Tiki Land Trading Company and it's on December 1st is the next one. And that'll be the holiday one. And, uh, it's at the, I mean, I want to say this correctly. It's in Santa Ana. 3101 West Harvard Street, uh, and it is at, come on, show me on here. Where is it? I, you know, okay, hold on while I just go to the actual website. This sometimes happens on a podcast when you, when you don't have an intern and you just make up stuff as you go. Uh, it sometimes happens. So it's at the Heritage Museum of Orange County, and it's in Santa Ana, and it's an open-air outdoor space, and it's really nice. And it's, it's a space that, uh, well... Their third time there, I think they're going to be near outgrowing it already, and they had already outgrown other places. But the artists and the folks who show up at this one are just super awesome, and it's only $7 pre-sale if you buy the ticket online. Uh, It'll be, I believe, $10 if you buy it uh, at the door, and I do recommend getting there when they open versus getting there a little bit later because they'll have some food trucks and they have uh, cocktails, of course, but the place is going to be just hopping busy. So if you're somebody who doesn't mind, you know, going to a place early, I definitely recommend that you get there just a little bit before 10 a.m. when they're going to open and you get in first thing because uh, it gets real busy by noon, but the first hour or two is a little bit more slow. And uh, you can find parking better. Uh, it's kind of an industrial area, and there is street parking all around. But you're going to walk a bit. So that's the one that I'm going to recommend, the T- Tiki Land Trading Company. Because I've been recently, like I said, the ladies love it. They're going. I'm not. I can't because of uh, work. I have to go to work. But if you if you go on Facebook, if you're one of those folks, and you type in Tiki Marketplace, I just tested this. You get anything that has those keywords, and there's multiple options for your area, I'm pretty sure, especially if you live in the Phoenix, 
Portland, Seattle, Los Angeles, Bay Area, uh, even the Chicago area, and uh, Fort Lauderdale, Miami areas, you're gonna find uh, you're gonna find these marketplaces pop up because uh, most people are pretty good about trying those keywords. And you're also gonna be spending money uh, for the holidays with local artists, and I think making more of a difference than just buying stuff on Amazon, which you know I do buy things on Amazon but I have challenged myself to buy less and less and to buy more at the brick and mortar stores. And I do love my target. So that's definitely a thing in this house. Okay. So let's play two more songs from the album. The natives are restless. I'm looking at the back of the album and I am going to play the title track. The natives are restless and chicken Island. Both of those coming to you next here on the Zen Tiki lounge podcast.
You might consider yourself lucky just to be alive. Cause it's a full moon tonight and it's right for a conquering tribe. Yes, it is. Don't take fright. The natives are restless tonight. Don't take fright. The natives are restless tonight. Wouldn't you like to take a trip to Chicken Island? Cause it's the most delicious island in Hawaii. We could stroll a little bit on Chicken Island. We'll be as free as the chickens are down in Louie. They say if you can catch one, you can keep that chickadee. But don't try to give it back, son. Oh, they make you take another two or three. Wouldn't you like to take a trip? To Chicken Island We'll be finger licking chicken picking happy down by the sea like to take a trip to Chicken Island. We'll be finger licking chicken picking happy down by the sea. We'll be finger licking chicken picking Lolo down by the sea. And how about that? How did you like Chicken Island and the Natives Are Restless? The Natives Are Restless is the title track from the album. And uh, Jill is uh, she is singing on just about all of these except for I believe one or two that are uh, instrumental and I'm just enjoying it and I hope that you're enjoying it too. Uh, again, go to cdbaby.com or jillmartini.com and you will find the links to either download or purchase uh, the album The Natives Are Restless. Uh, all right. One, so one other thing um, I need to mention is uh, our friends over at Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club. We've talked about them for quite some time on the podcast. Well, you know, they're still going strong. Isn't that great? And I, I talk about how not only can you get a single shirt, the one you want, or you could subscribe and get them delivered every month, but you get a story that comes with each shirt because each shirt is a manifestation of an extinct tiki bar or Polynesian palace from the past. So the current shirt is the Hawaii Kai. And I didn't know that there was ever a tiki bar in Times Square, New York, but there was. So I'm going to read to you the description of this establishment, the Hawaii Kai. Located at the center of Times Square in New York City, the Hawaii Kai was touted as the world's greatest Polynesian restaurant. The owner, Broadway producer Joe Kipnis, hired one of the scenic designers from the theater to create 
the elaborate decor where there were caged exotic birds, thatch huts, tropical flowers, murals, and hula dancers. Upon entry, guests were welcomed with a Hawaiian lei to help transport them to the busy streets or out of the busy streets of New York City and into the lounge of the Seven Pleasures, where there was nightly entertainment or to enjoy the quintessential tiki drinks of the Okole Mbulua Bar. Diners were encouraged to form conga lines and dance around the dining room. To attract the tourists, there was a stream of giveaways from tiki mugs to goblets, lighters, and salt and pepper shakers, which are now collector's items. The Hawaii Kai opened in 1962 in the location that one year prior was the short-lived Lanai, and in the early 40s was Monte Prazer's Beachcomber. They survived a fire in the 80s, and before closing in 1989, a scene from Goodfellas was filmed there. So there you go. That's a that's a pretty cool piece of history that you may or may not know about. And I admit that two-thirds of these places that Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club features, I had not heard of in the past. So I, I do enjoy hearing about them. And then sometimes I go online and look up some of the things that might still be collectibles. And I've been able to snag a few, especially a tiki mug. Uh, you'll sometimes find from some of these places because they they had fallen out of favor towards the time that they close and so they might have mass produced some tiki mugs or something like that and so the market might be a little bit flooded with them and you might have an opportunity whereas some of them closed suddenly and so those those items have all been snatched up and they're very hard to find but uh, check out tikibartshirtclub.com or on the zen tiki lounge page go ahead and click the link and you'll head on over and you'll have an opportunity to uh, subscribe or get the shirt you want. Give it as a gift because it's perfect for that too. Excuse me while I take a sip of the Island Fruit Cake. Mm. Okay, that's good. Okay, so I got a late email and uh, I, I do want to talk about it on the podcast because I've, I've mentioned it before at least this situation. Um, but uh, this person who said, don't don't worry about mentioning my name, but I was just curious if you would talk about this. And I'm, I'm assuming that this person says, don't mention um, my name because uh, he is also a subject of my response. So the question I'll, I'll summarize is, why do I, Sunshine, not accept people as friends on social media? Okay, so here's the answer. The, the quick answer is I accept almost all of the requests that I get. The ones that I do not accept are not passing the uh, two criteria that I have in order for me to engage with you online. One of those is I will check your profile or how much of it is visible to me depending on what your settings are at. And when I find that a person's profile is just rampant with political posts and nothing about family or, oh, hell, I don't know, tiki bars or doing fun things in life, uh, that's a red flag to me. And the second thing that I look for is uh, I want to see perhaps how many friends in common we might have. And when the number is below 20, uh, I'm always suspicious and that is because there are um, trolls from whatever country you'd like to think they're from 
that are very good at uh, throwing a couple of hobbies on their likes and then they just go after friending people who have similar likes, get into those communities, but really all they do is post memes that are just completely fictitious, cause trouble, um, get people to scream at each other when they maybe wouldn't have done otherwise. Uh, they're, they're trolls. And so if uh, you hit both of those things, uh, meaning you post mostly political and you have less than 20 friends in common with me, I am not going to accept your friend request. So uh, how do you overcome that? Well, first of all, um, as soon as you have more friends in common, I'm likely uh, to accept because I understand that, you know, if somebody's new to social media, for example, th that's not necessarily their fault that they don't have a bunch of friends in common with me yet. And but the thing is, is usually the people who are friending me, they've already they've friended Tiki Tony and Bamboo Ben and all the Tiki bars that we go to and da 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 da. da. So it's really easy to have things in common. So when they don't, I find it suspicious. But even more suspicious is again that they're all that their posts are about. Um, politics. And while I do not hide my political leanings when I post on social media, uh, the girls and I generally stay away from them here on the podcast. We have made, we've made known how we feel about things, but we do not go into depth on the podcast. And sometimes we accidentally do. And then after I sober up it, I edit that part out because I have a commitment that you, you should be able to come to this dimly lit tiki bar and avoid politics uh, to some extent or mostly. Because isn't that nice? I mean, regardless of which flag you raise, uh, wouldn't you agree that it just sucks out there? So we don't need to talk about that. Now I do want to talk about Another thing that we've talked about on the podcast previously, but this came up in uh, an Instagram question. And I've talked before about how I have a seasonal cocktail list that I print and put on a table tent here in the lounge and that I've encouraged other people to do that. And the, the person who asked the question, it was more of a statement, said, I tried, I tried doing... A couple of cocktails in my home bar. I'm just not sure any of them are good enough to uh, be in print. And I, I found that both funny, but also like, yeah, I totally get that. So I would just encourage you, if you didn't already consider this, uh, without mentioning the name, but I know you listen, so I would encourage you to, to consider the the menu, the seasonal menu you might put on your bar, maybe you put a holiday menu out of Thanksgiving menu, or just for me, I have a holiday list and it goes all the way from the day after Halloween all the way through New Year's. And so what I have on mine this year is better buttered rum. That recipe is available on Zen Tiki Lounge. The Island of Misfit Toys, uh, that's one that I just kind of whipped up for this year. Wide-Eyed Santa, that is my version of an espresso peppermint martini. And uh, Tipsy Mrs. Claus, uh, that is a punch. Uh, so I'll put a punch bowl in one room so people can serve themselves and then the other three drinks are made at the bar. And uh, the, the nice thing about this is you can definitely serve this, you know, for a good, for a good two full months uh, before you might consider saying, here, here's a different list of signature drinks I'm serving in my bar. 
but consider just put a drink on there that is an exact recipe from a book you've read from an online recipe and you can change the name and give it a holiday name you don't have to tell anyone that you got the recipe from somewhere else you're not making money off of it it's not a professional gig you're not obligated so if you're just serving it for friends you can you can do that you could put a little asterisk and a comment below it on your printed menu that says this is an adaptation or this is a recipe from you can do that if you feel guilty or something but why would you feel guilty about that so consider consider the the personal menu uh i think you well i think it'll make it easy for you to get your friends and family to just choose something instead of you and them kind of going back and forth over like well i see all this liquor but i don't know what to make and uh, what should i do there you go that's my tip all right um i'm gonna take a quick pause here i'll be right back and uh, then just towards the end of the episode here, we're going to play one more song from Jill Martini and the Shrunken Heads. So hang on just one more moment. I hope you didn't mind me stepping out there for just a moment. I needed a sparkling water, okay? Truth be told. All right, so I have one more thing to discuss with you on this episode. And I don't normally do this. I mean, ladies and I have not really very often sent you home with homework. But we're giving you a little bit of homework before the next episode. Because the next episode is going to be several things in one. And that's because it's mid-November. And every Friday and Saturday is just chock full with the ladies and I off on our various things that we have to do with friends and family during the holiday time. And we just ain't got no time. So we're actually recording the next podcast on a Monday evening here in the Zen Tiki Lounge. And we have we have a special guest joining us. And that guest is Jeff Ballard. And Jeff comes to us to discuss his new app. And, uh, and, and by new, I mean the last couple of months. So it's not like... I just launched this week. But what I want you to do is I would like you to go to the iTunes store and download Tiki Comer. T-I-K-I-C-O-M-B-E-R. It's by Paradise Bootleggers. And you you should see a little icon there of a uh, pineapple that looks like it's been made out of bamboo. That's how I'm going to describe it. So Jeff is going to be here on our holiday spectacular episode along with all the ladies of the lounge and yes i know we will never have all six of us behind the microphone at one time because things never go well when we do that so jeff and i will do an interview and then the ladies of course will be here intermittently throughout the next episode we're gonna do our usual holiday shtick play some nice music uh drink lots of great drinks such as the ones i mentioned on my seasonal menu we're gonna have a good time but jeff is gonna be here to talk about his app the tiki comer and i want you to download it and so just in general what the app is is it is a way for you to log your visits to all of the tiki establishments that you may go to it also lets you exchange contact information with other tiki files or tiki nerds out there uh, as you as you meet people, so it's a good way to keep track of people. And uh, you know, one of the th- and, and he's been updating the app. And so one of the new things he's done 
is uh, it does include a map function. So you can use, of course, uh, geography to go like, now where was that place in that certain city that da 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 da? You're able to do that. So uh, essentially, think of it like this you're out and about and you are thinking, I want to keep track of this information. So you could do it like a lot of people do it. You could simply just post online and you could then hopefully remember about what time that was so you can go back to that post and find the pictures or that thing about that tiki bar that you liked. Uh, you could also keep, you could also run your own blog, which can be a pain in the ass, trust me. You could uh, just keep a note on your device um, or, uh, you could use an app like this that will uh, help you log just those types of things, just your your drinks, your your visits to these places, the people you met, etc. So, I am now I've, I've downloaded it and I'm going to um, I'm going to see what I think about it and 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 discuss it with Jeff on the very next episode. So he'll be here and we'll get to discuss it in length and he'll get to tell us about the development and then some of the fun stuff that he's done now. Uh, Jeff also has been doing Tiki Trail for some time. He goes out there and he he records videos and some quick interviews with folks as he's meeting them in Tiki bars and such. And uh, that's a lot of fun because I, I watch his videos sometimes because I just don't have the opportunity to go to all the places he does. And I'm actually going to ask him on the episode, I'm going to try to remember to ask him, how does he find the time and finances to get to all of the openings and all of the places? And, you know, because I have a job that just doesn't allow me to do that. And so maybe his situation is different. Jeff and I have talked a few times. He was here for our Halloween party. Looking forward to having him back in the Zen Tiki Lounge. All right. So go do your homework, okay? That's all I'm saying. All right, gonna play one more song on the way out of this episode. So you will have heard five, five of the eight tracks on this album. That's almost the whole thing. But I do hope that you will go to cdbaby.com or jillmartini.com and get this album, The Natives Are Restless. I'm gonna play for you a la Moana. I think you're going to enjoy this one too. I'm basically I'm basically playing you my my favorite episodes in the order that I've decided that they're my favorite because I've listened to the album enough times that I can do that. And then I want to thank you for joining us here in the Zen Tiki Lounge. And until next time, mahalo.
ocean turn into bay and we sail and sing and laughing all the way till the day closing out the season one love turn to the seas and we serpent sail 